0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Coffee and Co-Sleeping. We are kicking off our season reboot by talking all about new beginnings. Well, because there's been a lot of new beginnings around here for Coffee and Co-Sleeping. As many of you already know, this season I'm introducing my new co-host and partner, my dear friend Adriana.
1: Good morning, Adriana. Welcome aboard. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, everyone. I'm really excited to be here. It's been so cool to watch your journey unfold on Coffee and Co-Sleeping these last almost two years now as a follower and as a listener. It's really exciting to be on the other side of things here next to you.
0: I know, and I'm really excited for this season. I know we've been working hard the past few weeks, really mapping out the topics we want to cover, the experts that we want to speak to. We want to answer not only our listeners' questions, but ours as well, because we're moms trying to navigate this world that we live in and, you know, raise our children to be the next generation. We're going to talk a lot about mental health, sharing our own journeys and reflection on motherhood, autism, single parenthood, and a lot of other topics. Our goal is to be a part of your village so that when you're listening to us every week, you're Just chatting with your friends over a cup of hopefully hot coffee. So, I want to kind of give you the virtual floor to introduce yourself and tell our audience a bit about your story and journey.
1: Yeah, so I'm Adriana. I'm the mom to a 15 month old baby boy, my little Aiden. He is the center of my world. I'd love to let you all in on at least a little bit of my story so that you know how my perspective plays into the conversations that Amanda and I are going to be having. I'm on this journey of motherhood as a solo parent. I was married i was in a relationship for four years i had aiden at 32 and very unexpectedly became a solo parent my partner left when aiden was born so it has always just been Aiden and I, and that's been my reality from the beginning. Right now, I am living with my parents. Uh, my sister is very close by and is a big part of Aiden's life. It's a choice that I have made consciously so that Aiden has family, so that he feels like he's in this nest, you know, in this cocoon. I, I may have lost a partner, but Aiden doesn't have to lose that warmth and that love and all those things that I've dreamed of for him since the moment I knew I was having him. So I'm not looking to plan very long-term, because I have learned that life can throw you curveballs. This is what feels right for him and I right now. It's given me a chance to protect he and I both emotionally and financially and I'm extremely grateful to have our own mini village here. So
0: while there's been so many new beginnings for coffee and co-sleeping, as your friend I also know that over the last couple of months you've had a lot of new beginnings for yourself as well.
1: Yeah, so I've actually decided after about 6 months of reflecting that I'm going to be taking this year off of work. More pointedly, I have I quit my job. I left my career because it felt extremely important to be as present as I can with Aiden this year. I've really dug deep into this role of mom more than I ever even could have imagined. And I am privileged enough to be here with family, to not have all the expenses that I would have had, had my partnership not ended and we had a mortgage and all these things. But I was paying essentially my entire paycheck to childcare last year while I was working. And it didn't feel right. I felt like I was missing out on something that I won't get back. Aiden will most likely be my only child. There would have to be like a wild occurrence in my in my journey in the future for that to change. And I'm accepting that and I'm actually learning to love that. And for that reason, I really wanted to take this year for just I to heal myself, to learn, to grow, to just explore this part of my journey as much as I can. So that's my new beginning. It's the first time in 15 years that I haven't been working and I'm also a first time mom.
0: And I know that wasn't a decision that you took lightly. That was definitely a lot of back and forth and deciding on what was best for you and Aiden. And that really goes into just following your intuition. And so many moms can really to having to make a really tough decision in their career once they become a mom because we always think we'll act a certain way or want a certain thing and then when we're in it, sometimes that really does change. So I know why I wanted you to be a part of this. I think, and I say all the time, you are raising Aiden in such a familiar dynamic to me. It's how I was raised with um, a single mom living with my mom's parents. And I know not firsthand, but just being raised by a solo mom, I know what you've been experiencing as your friend, but also as a child of a solo parent. So I think you have something really great to offer the community A lot of the times, there's a lot of misconceptions about solo parents that, you know, you get every other weekend off or that your life is easier or that this was a decision that, you know, you made or, you know, what have you. In the attachment parenting community, especially, there's not a lot of voices for solo parents. And I, I I want you to be that voice and you're going to be that voice. And, you know, we have a lot of single moms and dads who follow us and listen. And a lot of them are really excited to hear a different perspective. Of course, that's why I wanted you to be a part of this. But what, when I asked you, what made you, without even really thinking, just jump and say yes, of course?
1: I had Aiden in the very thick of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. October 2020. Mm -hmm. We were heading into winter. Things were looking dire. And uh, my contact with anyone outside of our home outside of a quick phone call here or there, was obsolete. So I was forced after coming out of like that new mom, first couple of months fog, to figure out how to feel connected to Mm -hmm. the outside world or to even just delve into like, okay, so this is what I'm doing. I'd love to know what other moms Mm -hmm. are doing. You can read up all you want on motherhood pre-having a child, but once you're in it, it's like, okay, I'm not doing anything (laughs) I thought I was going to do. Things I did think I was going to do. I'm doing I say that all the time. Uh, There is
0: no manual for this.
1: There is no manual. And the manuals that I did read, I'm not following at all. So um, the community that I immersed myself in was actually through Instagram. Mm -hmm. found so much great content Mm -hmm. and some accounts that spoke to my entire experience. It was just this easy kind of super accessible way to gather information and to read things that, like I said, spoke to me as a mom, spoke to my heart and validated the choices Mm -hmm. that I was making. Not that I think as moms, we need validation. I really Mm -hmm. don't. Oh, we feel like mm-hmm. we do, right? Especially in those early days. So Instagram just became this hub of information and also just a sense of community in a time where like a lot of us did mm-hmm. feel lonely. And coffee and co-sleeping was a huge part of that for me. And
0: I'm glad that you mentioned um, Instagram because that's, you know, a part of our new beginnings too, that the old coffee and co-sleeping Instagram was actually hacked through a phishing email and they sold the account for Bitcoin, which I have done lots of research. I still don't even really understand what Bitcoin is. My husband has tried to explain it. I still don't get it. So it was Sold, all the posts were deleted, everything. It had looked for a couple weeks as if coffee and co sleeping no longer um, existed on Instagram. And anyone who, you know, is a content creator or, you know, spends any time on social media, it is such a community. And a lot of work goes into building a community. The interactions that I had made on Instagram through moms and being able to, you know, watch their journey. And, you know, on Secret Saturdays, every month there is a mom submitting, I'm in the two week wait and I'm here, you know, cheering on, like, okay, like I need that up update next secret Saturday. And, you know, a couple months went by and I got that update. I'm like, these are women that, you know, I don't know other than what I see on Instagram. And I, you know, am invested and I've become, you know, they've become a part of my virtual village as I am there. So when the Instagram was no longer, when it was ripped away, it was like, wow, like that was so important. You know, that was such a big part of my village and connecting with these moms. And we get DMs all the time of people saying like, oh, I so agree with that. Or, you know, people resharing. Like, this is exactly what I needed to see. And I agree. I think these people that we don't know speak for us in the times that we don't know what we want to say or how we feel. You know, you come across something on Instagram and you're like, yes, they get it. They get it. So being a part of that for other moms and other parents, really, it's overwhelming. Um, we just had a message the other day of, you know, somebody saying they, you know, had just found our page and one of the graphics put in towards exactly how they were feeling through the pandemic. And I think a lot of us are kind of right there. Just thank goodness for social media.
1: And thankfully, social media is super accessible. Yes.
0: I feel like introductions, um, it's always like when you're in college and the professor would like be like, let's do some icebreakers. And you instantly forget. You're like, I have no hobbies. I don't remember my name. And I don't know the last book I read because I don't read. And I was writing my notes for this episode. I was like, why am I writing notes? I wrote, I'm Amanda. Like, are you going to forget your name once, once Adriana hits record? If you're new, my name is Amanda. I am mom to three-year-old daughter, Kennedy. Um, my husband, Mike, and I have been married, gosh, for 10 and a half years. He is in the military, so we currently Live in Maryland, but um, I grew up right outside of Massachusetts. I now call Maryland home over the past year, and that's been kind of something um, that's exciting. We're pretty established here. I work part time as a radiographer and as well as a clinical instructor for the college I graduated from. So I'm kept pretty busy there. Anyone who is in healthcare over the past two years knows we are all surviving off of caffeine and prayer. So I'm I'm right there. (laughs) But um, yeah, I'm excited to continue the work of coffee and. Sleeping to kind of change the narrative of what moms think is normal and what people think. I really am on a mission to give my daughter a childhood she doesn't have to recover from. I just turned 30 in November and I've done so much work to really repair what my parents broke over the years. And I'm truly truly passionate to not do that for my daughter I'm a huge mental health advocate and I don't want her to um, to kind of deal we always want better for our children coffee and co-sleeping is a way for me to educate myself to learn to realize I'm not alone to connect with moms to really just kind of be like hey I'm right there with you
1: <laughs> we're going through it <laughs> we're in it <laughs> to your point that you just made about us all wanting better for our children mm-hmm. when you did ask me to join uh, of course there's a bit of fear and a a bit of, you know, there's vulnerability around mm-hmm. sharing with strangers, really. Yeah. But my hope is that we can kind of focus on the things that bind us mm-hmm. or make us relatable to one another versus the things that maybe we can't relate to because we can all want better for our children, but have come from different paths. Mm-hmm. You want the same thing for Kennedy mm-hmm. that I want for Aiden, mm-hmm. but we have very different paths. Mm-hmm. Our journeys have looked differently before children and now mm-hmm. after children. I don't think we need to have similar stories Mm -hmm. to relate to one another. Someone doesn't have to be a solo parent for me to be like, I get that, Mm -hmm. you know, or I feel Mm -hmm. I've been there. It's okay. If something about my story doesn't speak to someone parts of your story, I learned from,
0: we do have very, we just said that the other day, we do have very different paths. I'm forever thankful that our paths cross and that we met. And I think it's, it's funny too, because we met before either one of us were moms, you know, I Mm -hmm. was newly pregnant. I think I was seven or eight weeks pregnant and like, nobody really knew you were at my house you had to know because I was, you know, sick, nonstop. And I remember you were like, I'm going to run out to the store and get you some Gatorade and ginger ale. And those first few early weeks of pregnancy are such a blur. And I remember I was like, wow, Adriana probably thinks I'm, a, you know, insane. And then when you went through, you're like, oh, like, this makes sense. So with new beginnings, uh, we're in a new year, a lot of people are setting their intentions, their new year resolutions. I was listening to a podcast the other day that they had like a word of 2020 or 2020. Oh, God, don't go back of 2022. So I'm trying to set my word. I don't know what it's going to be yet. But um, I wanted to ask, are you a resolution setter? Are you going to do anything big and great for 2022?
1: I've always been like a pretend resolution setter. So last year, a couple of months after giving birth to Aiden, I really wanted to do things that made me feel good. There was just so much going on. My world was shaken up. Mm -hmm my world was shaken up. So I I wanted to do things that made me feel good because taking care of myself emotionally in turn makes me a better mom. Mm -hmm. So what was going to make me feel good was setting micro goals. I definitely couldn't wrap my head around any kind of Mm long-term overarching theme of the year sort of thing. I think after the last couple of years, I don't know that that'll ever be the case. Life can change Mm -hmm. so quickly and pivoting can be tough. Mm -hmm. Change is tough for most of us. Yes, I don't do well with change.
0: (laughs) And I think for you too, and I'm not, I'm not speaking for you, but I think new moms are in such survival mode. So you were, you know, as a new mom, you were at that That super adrenaline high of being a new mom, and then also you know the drastic low of a relationship ending and your you know spouse leaving you and your newborn. So it's kind of like, how do you exist in the middle? Like, where do you where do you kind of go from there? So I can see why looking forward to you know oh the next year these are my goals. It's like no, I'm I'm just trying to make it to tomorrow. And I think that's something I struggle with. I look so much at like these big unattainable goals, and I almost set myself up for failure. You know, you weren't going to do that. Like you knew when you wrote that down on your little notepad that you weren't going to learn German in a month. Like that wasn't going to happen. Why did you set that? And speaking of like pivoting and how things can change in an instant, part of my story over the past couple of months, um, my husband uh, a couple months ago was actually in a motorcycle accident. Thank God he is okay. Everyone involved is okay. But it showed me I think we always know like, oh, you know, things can change in a minute. We all know that. But until it's slapping you across the face, you don't believe it. So I was kind of forced to reflect on, you know, is the life I'm living, is this exactly what I want? Am I giving my time, my energy, my focus to the things that really matter? Or am I focusing too much on small picture things? And I know I am such a, you know, worry should be my middle name. I worry about the smallest things. We're watching our um, good friend's daughter next week and we'll get her off to school. And all I could think about was like, why work that day? Like, how is Mike going to do her hair? She has such different hair. Is he going to be able to put in a ponytail? And it's like, who cares? (laughs) Why are we worrying about that? You're a planner though. Yes. To a fault. Like it's okay to be a planner, but there is just some things you can't plan for it. I will admit when he got a motorcycle, I was like, at some point, I'm going to get a phone call that he was in an accident. And sure enough, I did. This was not him. You know, it was an accident. That's why they call them accidents. But, you know, and I think when hard times, and I, I know you can relate to this, when we go through hard times in our life, I think we're really able to see like who's in it for the long haul. Who in your circle isn't just clapping when you win. And I think I was shown that. Who really picked me up? when um when i need you know when i needed that when i needed the support and it was it was a weird few days i kind of felt like i was watching my life on tv i was there and just watching and it was kind of like oh what is she gonna do next like what's what's her next move and i knew pretty quickly after it had happened that things were good and things were going to continue to be okay, but it's just a weird, you just kind of switch to
1: autopilot a bit. And I think you can probably relate to being in that. (laughs) Absolutely. That's why when I was setting, I won't call them resolutions. When I was kind of micro goaling it through the year, for me, it was like, these are small attainable goals. Mm -hmm. I was making them as they came up for me, like as order of importance, like, okay, this month I really, I need to do this. I really need to do this. And if I commit to it, I'll get it done. And just being able to check off that box, that made me feel good. Mm -hmm. This does have to be some big gloat worthy resolution mm-hmm. that I get to like, at the end of the year, share with family and friends. Mm-hmm. It was more so for me. It was a win for mm-hmm. me. That was healing for my heart, for my soul. And I did that all year and I got a lot done. These small wins that maybe no one else would think mm-hmm. of were big wins to me. Um, so micro goaling it. Hashtag micro goaling. That worked for me. And I'm going to do that again this year. I don't know. No one's ever asked me really like, what's your new year's resolution? Like, I
0: feel like I'm I'm not asked that. Um, I'm definitely going to put it on our Instagram stories because I want to know what everyone's (laughs) goals and intentions are. I feel like we oftentimes have to, It's just that like cycle of comparison and wanting, I don't know, wanting some type of validation. One of my big things that I'm not great about is caring for myself. And I don't just mean like, oh, I'm taking an hour for myself to go to TJ Maxx and get Starbucks. No, like I need an eye doctor's appointment. It's been over a year. I'm on my last pair of contacts. Like, so if my, you know, micro goal for February is go to the eye doctor and order new glasses. That's great. Like that's something that I needed to accomplish. But if somebody asked me, oh, what's your goal for the year? I'm not going to be like, oh, to get a new, get my new contact prescription. They're going to be like, oh, like what about that big promotion at work or, you know, starting a new diet or whatever people are trying to do. But I think that that really ties into the, how much like your perspective and just things change after becoming a mom. Because for me, I, that wouldn't be truth. If I was like, Oh, my goal is to get a new, you know, a raise at work or a new promotion that cause that's not my like focus anymore. My, you know, and I said the other day to a coworker, I was like, I'm Wife and mom, number you know, one, and maybe x-ray tech, number three or four.
1: Yeah. And I know you and I had this conversation recently. And when I was about to say this to you, I was a little hesitant. And I was like, why am I hesitating to say this? Because it's 110% true for me right now. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say, and I did say that right now I'm extremely defined mm-hmm. by my it's it's all about Aiden. Um, mm-hmm. And not even in like a, I'm a solo parent. It has to be, I have no time. I have loved uh, becoming a mom.
0: I think we think how we'll be before.
1: And, um, you know,
0: motherhood has a way of making decisions for you. The decisions we've made as new moms probably weren't ones that we thought we would. Um, you know, when I was pregnant, I was like, yeah, I guess I'll work full time. You know, I just graduated college. I worked hard. You know, why wouldn't I? And there's that that fork in the road that I've said before. And you kind of, there that kind of goes away after your mom, you have this odd intuition of, you know what, I know what I have to do. I know what's best. And, you know, I always urge our listeners to never ignore that, you know, that mother's intuition is there for a reason, whether or not other people agree with it or not, you always know what's best um, for not only your child, but for you as well. People assume if you're not always doing like, Not even what's best for you, but if you're prioritizing your children that you've somehow given up on yourself and it's like prioritizing her, that's what I want to do. That's what's important to me right now. That is what my focus is. I There's other women that are like, no, you know, I have children, but right now it's really important for me to prioritize my career. I'm at a point that I need it. You know, I, I need it to go. I need to go back to school. And that's fine. like that's normal, too. And I think we don't like to think that there's more than one way to be a great mom.
1: The thing about becoming a mother for me in line with what you're saying about intuition. My intuition, always there, Mm -hmm. pre-becoming his mom, um, but I never listened to it. Mm -hmm. I was very much, eh, life happens. I was riding the wave. Uh, Life would make decisions for me. And I would go with them, sometimes against my own better judgment. I could attribute that to being in my twenties. I could attribute it to a lot of things. It wasn't until I gave birth to Aiden and this was a gift that he actually gave me that my intuition, my gut, my, okay, this is what I'm doing was crystal Mm -hmm. clear the first time in my life. And I blindly followed that. There's no one that's going to tell me that a decision that I've made for my son that I know in my heart is the right one there's not a damn person that's going to sway that. I was never that person before. So he's given me the gift of, I guess, confidence in a Mm -hmm.
0: way. I would agree with that. I feel like I wasn't somebody who really rode the wave. Like I always like to um, push back and cause a bigger tidal wave because I like to plan and obsess and try to control every situation, even though I can't. I'm still learning that. But I think when I had Kennedy, you're right, it gave me the confidence that those opinions or things like I'm I'm right, I know, and I think um, this platform too. I think you'll see. Um, I look forward to, you know, a year, two years, five years from now, playing back this conversation, and you saying, "Wow, I thought I was confident then. I'm hella confident now because the things I learned on this platform has also increased my confidence." But I just feel like as a mom, if I know what's best, nobody nobody's gonna tell me otherwise.
1: I do believe that we know what's best for our babies, and mm-hmm. that a lot of outside noise can muffle that. And so for me, having Aiden was, I mean, in just so many mind-blowing ways, a gift, Mm -hmm. but it's made me a better person.
0: So if you haven't already, give us a follow on at Coffee and Co-Sleeping Pod and make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast app.
1: And until next week, cheers, mamas.